0: You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, for the Scout.com network, which have some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. Joining me shortly will be my Packer Report colleague, Keith Roding for our usual post-game podcast. We recorded the podcast uh, on midday on Monday, but I hold held off on posting this because I got to talk to Coach Mike McCarthy on Monday evening. A couple of noteworthy things out of it. First of all, the help of quarterback Aaron Rodgers and linebacker Clay Matthews. As you know, Rodgers injured his hamstring during the third quarter, and Matthews injured his shoulder on the opening series. McCarthy, believe it or not, and I don't believe him on this, but he said that he had not met with the training staff when we talked to him at 5.40 p.m. Central Time. I find that very hard to believe that he's actually not talked to his medical staff considering they're doing game planning meetings right now. Um, Michael Cohen from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel asked if if Matthew's situation was a little more, quote, problematic than Rogers, And McCarthy said, yes, I mean, and then he kind of stammers around a little bit. Then he says, I can't say enough about him coming back out there and fighting through what he did. I'm sure he doesn't feel very good today. And once again, I haven't really, I don't have the details of the significance of his injury. So that's the injury update. Interestingly, the Packers did not practice on Wednesday this week. During a typical Sunday through Sunday work week, the Packers would practice on Wednesday, then hold their most uh, strenuous workout on Thursday, typically in pads, although there are some limitations on padded practices this time of year. So usually they have a, a pretty good practice on Wednesday. Their hardest practice on Thursday, they take Friday off for what they call a stay day, which is a lot of uh, rehab and um, health-focused stuff. And then Saturday, they have a light practice that lasts about an hour. Well, I just got the uh, media advisory a couple hours ago as I talked to you. The Packers are not practicing on Wednesday, and they're practicing for about an hour and fifty minutes on Thursday. So this is, is going to be a mental work week to get around A, the injuries, and B, the lack of rest. Going from Monday through Sunday. So it'll be interesting to see how the Packers come out of the gates on Sunday against the Texans. And before we get rolling with Keith, I'd like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Locked On podcast network, which includes Locked On NFL and Locked On Fantasy. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and the Android app and tell all your Packers friends to check out this crazy Bill Huber guy from Packer Report. And also check out my work over at packerreport.com. Where Packer Report members receive a 10% discount on tickets, a 10% discount on gear through Fanatics. New or renewing annual members get a year of Sports Illustrated. And also, we have a deal with Pro Football Focus where they send us a whole bunch of notes the day after the game. So, if you are a Packer Report subscriber, go to our subscribers' forums. And you'll get a whole bunch of uh, post game stuff from Pro Football Focus. And with that, on to the show, and my colleague from Packer Report, Keith Roerdink. Well, Keith, we, we all saw that coming, didn't we? I didn't.
2: No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I did. I, I thought they were going to win this game. I I predicted it, I think, coming off of that loss at Washington. When you looked ahead for the rest of the schedule, assuming you thought they were going to win some games, I mean, this, this was a game I thought they could win. You know, rookie quarterback, beat up offensive line, you know, kind of a mm-hmm. subpar group of receivers, but... You know, hey, I, I don't want to take any of the luster off that win. That was, that was a big win. I, I think it's, I don't know if it's, a, I don't think you could say it's a season-saving win, but it's a, it's a season-preserving win because the, uh, the hope lived on now after that performance.
1: That's true. The one, the one thing where I thought maybe Green Bay could win is because their pass coverage has been terrible, but the Eagles receivers have been terrible too, so I thought, well, someone's got to win that matchup, don't they? And it was the Packers of all people who won the matchup. That was a... Uh, I don't, I don't. know. What, really, in any phase of the game, I don't know where that's been all year. But I guess we'll start with the defense. Where where's that been?
2: Oh my gosh! I mean, I, I feel like it's. I feel like it's been hiding. I feel like we've seen little bits and pieces, but you know, it's 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 nice to talk about a window because we. I feel like we've been just repeating ourselves for four weeks. And that if you don't have your top two corners, everything gets really, really tough. And getting Demarius Randle back sure he looked a little rusty, but. I think that made a huge difference, especially against, as you said, kind of a pedestrian group of receivers, but, you know, the Packers still had their struggles with Jake Ryan and Martinez being out, so you put, what do you do? You put Clay Matthews he's back inside where he was a pro bowler last year, and, you know, sure, he was out for a little bit with injury, but they played well, and they got pass rush, and you had, you had Matthews getting shots, and even when he didn't get sacks, I mean, they got penetration, and they were, And Mike Daniels running them over, and Detroit Dion busting in there a few times, and, and Peppers being active, and man, that's that's what you love to see. And, and they certainly wanted ex uh, packer Alan Barber uh, early in the game as well.
1: I thought Peppers is old. That, that, that's what everybody was telling me a couple of weeks ago that Peppers is old and should quit.
2: He's, well, he's not as old as us, Bill, and we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Peppers. Peppers is a young man compared to compared to you and I, but you know, I, I guess this was this was the plan all along, right? Limit his snaps and turn him loose, and hope that he can do this. And I think we've we've all hoped, and and Panther certainly, that he would have been doing this a little more often. But well, it looked good
1: last night. Yeah, I don't. I know the Philly offense isn't very good, so I mean, maybe this comes with a bit of an asterisk, but. It was like, I don't know where this has been. I mean, they, they they covered guys. I mean, there weren't guys wide open.
2: The, they got. The, I thought in the middle a little bit early on. Right. You know, in in that zone, they were they were finding guys and, and hitting Earth a couple times. But, but again, they're not they're not going to shut any NFL team down. So they were. I think they were they were definitely limiting the damage and keeping guys in front of them, which is, is more than you can say about the previous four weeks. Well,
1: that's a good point. I uh, I did some research for my for the preview and. In 2015, they gave up four touchdown passes the whole year of 20 plus yards. Through so the first ten games of this season, they had given up ten. So they'd gone from the best in the league last year to the worst in the league this year. So you're right; they didn't give up any big plays. They they gave up like 40,
2: and I would have been like, "Oh, I not like it."
1: Yeah, no, but it was you know the Eagles had four pass plays of 20 yards last night, but the longest was 24. So I you know they... If they can at least make things hard on the opponent, it gives them a chance, right? I mean, I think that's a, the problem with the Redskins game was it was just too easy for them. So if you if you make them at least work for it, at least you got a fighting chance. Because they, they have enough players, I think, to eventually make a play if you can just cut out the 60-yard play nonsense. Well, I, I
2: think so. And again, and boy, you want to, after a month of losses, you really want to feel good about this win, but right. at the same time, I think you have, to, you have to tether yourself to reality, and you have to, you, you have to you know, ice this cake with, with some you know, a, a little bit of, of realism and, and say this wasn't a great, silly team, so a Packers team that's still missing guys at key positions went on and did exactly what they should have done. The stars on this team made plays. Aaron Rodgers, phenomenal game. Clay Matthews getting a sack. Daniels getting a sack. Clinton Dix getting an interception. Uh, God knows the cornerback's not going to get one right. But uh, it's, they need those types of performances if, if they're going to win. And, and you have to – you can only beat the teams that are on your schedule. And, you know, they you don't need to get ahead of yourself and say, well, what about when they play Seattle or, or you know, Houston even. You know, they – Team on the road. Right. Billy's been very tough at home. Billy's a much better team at home throughout the season than they have been on the road. So it's definitely a quality win and again the Packers did it still with some key injuries out. and, you know, I think we've talked about it for weeks. The key to the Packers doing well is is twofold. It's guys continuing you know, the, the guys that are healthy continue to make plays, but then it, it's simply winning that war of attrition and getting some of those guys back you know, back from the uh, from the training room, like a
1: Demaryius Randall. You're right that Philly's not a great team, but you know they, they were four and old home. They beat Pittsburgh by I think 31 at home. They beat the Vikings and the Falcons at home, who obviously the Packers lost those guys on the road. Yeah, they, were, they, they give they give them nine and a half points well. in, in four road games. They give up nine and a half points per game and a total of three touchdowns. So I I think it's a great win. I'm not I'm not going to sugarcoat it.
2: No, I'm with you. I'm with. I'm with you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm probably being too hard on him. I, I, I need to. I need to enjoy this more.
1: Yes, that's right. We've 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 been grouchy enough for the last month of podcasts. So I know. Well, well Bill, not to not to inject a little a little fantasy football this early into our podcast. Oh God, don't.
2: You you got you got to know that I had Devontae Adams on my bench last night after having Tyreek Hill, the uh, Chiefs' rookie receiver, with three touchdowns. On my bench Sunday night,
1: so that's a lot of points in the bunch.
2: That is a lot of points. It's almost as many points as i scored, Bill. So, so he, here's that. That's our little a little uh, diversion into the, the fantasy realm there.
1: Yeah, my my team is three and nine, and I've scored the third most points in the league. So I, I'm just I'm, I'm cursed this year. Oh my gosh. So, anyways, but, no one cares about they that. Think, they don't. <laughs> at, least, oh, at least my you team. And
2: <laughs> you and I. You and I. It's a good segue into the game Adams is having.
1: And right, it he, sure is. Across the board, he's having career
2: highs. And he just, man, oh man, I'm, I'm trying to think of when, for, you know, when some, I, I guess going back to, you know, Randall Cobb early on or, or Nelson, when you got this excited about a young receiver and, and the season he's having and beating guys off the line and making catches and just the concentration to make that catch against Carroll in the end zone. I mean, what a phenomenal
1: throw by Aaron Rodgers, and what a ridiculous catch by Devontae Adams. Um, I know three-quarters of our listeners, 90% of our listeners, hate Mike McCarthy. I have to say, though, that maybe the coach knows what he's doing a little bit because you guys all wanted, not talking to you, Keith, but you guys all wanted Devontae Adams benched or released at the end of training camp. Yeah. You guys wanted him benched last year for Jeff Janis, and you want to him released release at training camp this year, and they maybe, maybe they know something. Just saying.
0: The list.
2: I mean, 58, 58 receptions, eight touchdowns, what, some yards receiving. He, he's been an absolute beast, and he's been he's been the one reliable guy. Yep. You know when again, he doesn't have downfield speed. He's a he's a four 40 guy, but he gets he gets yards after the catch, and he almost had three touchdowns. He almost had three touchdowns last night, and the play that they stopped him, where they stopped him at the three that might have been one of his best plays but I mean but then he also had that over the shoulder clutch for, you know, fifty yards. It's just he has become such a weapon in that offense and reliable. You know, we know Aaron Rodgers he values trust in his receivers above all else. Are you where you're supposed to be is secure the ball when he puts it to and what, Adams is doing it game after game after game. Even through the losses, Adams is doing this. So it's I mean, it's great to see. It's encouraging to see. And again, it doesn't solve
1: the downhill threat. But my gosh, he was ridiculous last night. You mentioned that slant for that gain twenty three to set up that last touchdown. Uh, poor Nolan Carroll, the corner in that—he might have even been a dog chasing his tail. <laughs> I mean, Adams cut takes the slant over the middle, and Carroll's like going outside, like whatever, whatever fake that Adams did. I- was unbelievable because Carroll was going the complete wrong direction. That was it was an unbelievable route.
2: He, he could not have been harder. Um, I ha- I hate to say I think we've seen quick Rollins have a, a couple of those
1: moments. Yeah, that's the, true. The, uh, yeah, Carroll Carroll got victimized last night, and,
2: and there were a couple instances, even of, of you know those those passes out that they do out to the side of Philadelphia defensive backs just diving in and missing. Um, I think they made up their mind that they needed to be maybe a little over aggressive and you know, pack receivers made him pay and again a, just a, a ridiculous game by Aaron Rodgers. Just his, his completion percentage and and again it's, it's everything working. It's winning the time of the winning the time of possession, converting third downs, keeping your defense off the field, letting your defense be fresh when they take the field. I I think all the factors that worked against them. Previous month,
1: really, we're, we're all coming together. Last night, Rogers was terrific, and I I remember sitting up in, in Lambeau doing one of those podcasts. Maybe it was the Cowboys game, and when I when I remember hitting the table, saying, "They're not going to get it figured out on offense. This is who they are. It's been going on for way too long for it to be anything besides this offense stinks." And yeah, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> well, I, I mean, Rogers. I, I mean, it was you know, the, it was a lot of short stuff to get him going, and then the short stuff, and the fact that they at least tried to run the ball. That opened up the whole downfield game, and he looks like a whole other quarterback lately.
2: He really does, and and I want to say that even when we were saying that Rodgers needed to do more, we weren't really saying he was doing bad. We simply were saying, with everything else going on around him, if he wasn't consistently all game, every game, playing at an MVP level, it was going to be a struggle. So, you know, I feel like even – even our, our criticisms of Rodgers early in the year were criticizing him for being perhaps a only a above average NFL quarterback and not a superhero NFL quarterback, which you know certainly is what he's done last night and, and even in the losses too. I mean, keeping them in there and making plays and you know we we lament when he doesn't make every play, but my gosh, the the numbers he's
1: he's putting up are you know, phenomenal. I think it's a good reminder too. And I, I, this isn't, this isn't meant to denigrate Rodgers play at all, but it is a team sport. And for all the, all the praise that we heaped on Rodgers and rightfully so in some regards to during his MVP seasons and in some of his great seasons that he's had, it does take everybody else around him. I mean, he's, you know, a lot a lot of the 313 yards last night was a lot of run after catching. You know, we we didn't see that for a lot of the, a lot of last season. We didn't see it to start the season. You know, Cobb is becoming really hard to bring down. Adams, like you mentioned before, is, is a bear to bring down. They're, everybody seems to be doing more. Um, obviously they're catching the ball a lot better than they were early in the season too. So it it is it probably is a good reminder that, that it does take a team, even for a guy like Rogers, it, it does take a team to help the guy out. I mean, the, I think the all around play of the offense has been. We're on five games of this now.
2: Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and again, it wasn't. You know, certainly we were we were nitpicking that Rogers was holding the ball too long and dancing around. But right. again, we were we were looking for him to overcome and elevate for all the other deficiencies and, and injuries on that offense. And it it probably at times was an unfair ask. And I mean, again, now that he's getting just a little bit of help look at how good everything looks and, and they, still don't have, they still don't have a consistent deep threat I mean Woody nope. else made that phenomenal you know, catch on the sideline where maybe he gave a little bit of a shove <laughs> like maybe <laughs> okay not maybe he, 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 they, clearly, uh, they clearly didn't throw the flag there but they, they don't and, and sometimes we see Jordy run that run that post and the defensive back is right there that wasn't that wasn't Jordy of two years ago but, I mean, he's still getting involved, and he's still making great catches, and he's still been valuable to the offense, which, again, without a deep threat and without a running game, has had to morph into this, you know, a little more dink and dunk and get a little bit of the threat of the run, and then take your spots over the top and, and get yards after the catch. And, and I think you have to tip your hat to the offensive line, too. I mean, right. Rodgers had great protection, and you had Spring in there, who, you know, I'm I think I'm pretty impressed with his play
1: at guard right now. You're right. Look at the you know, Riders, 39 dropbacks. Well, if he threw the ball 39 times, he scrambled a few times, too. So it would probably be, you know, you take out the take knees there. I think maybe 42. Yeah, it would be 40, 41 dropbacks. Excuse me, 41 dropbacks, no sacks. According to the uh, official game book, he was hit twice. And this is a great pass rush. I think I think I think they were they were third in sack percentage and they were number two in sacks in home games. Mm-hmm. So this is a, it was a, look, these, these guys, this I mean, this has been the strength of this team all year long. hasn't This whole line is terrific, you know, even, even when you're testing their depth. And Balagas had a great year. David Bakhtiari, I guess he handles the money pretty well because he's, oh, he's, he's had no letdown on this play now that he's ungodly rich. Oh,
2: not at all. And he, you know, Bill, I'm sure you'll, you'll, You'll say the same, you talk to him more than I do. He never struck me as a guy that would do that. I mean, he's no. you go back to his high school days. He's a guy that is he's worked hard for everything, and when he gets what he wanted, he works harder and wants more. So yeah, I mean he's you know, holding holding penalties aside, he's he's been phenomenal and, and again continues to deliver on that huge contract every week.
1: Um, I I want to go back to defense real quick, because you mentioned Clay Matthews at inside linebacker. I just want to Kind of reverse course here for because I wanted to ask you about it and I forgot to. Should he stay an inside linebacker? Do you think? Yes, I think so too. Um, I don't know what he thinks. How
2: is that? Yes, yeah, so without hesitation, they've got guys that can rush the passes. They really do. They don't have guys that can plug the middle. Um, I I like some things I saw to Blake Martinez and stretches. I I like the overall consistency of, of Jake Ryan who you know somehow gets a pass for playing like a young AJ Hawk when I, I guess based on drop position because I mean you know to, to me I don't see and, and this is not this is neither a rip on AJ Hawk who, who you know that I, I liked uh, nor a rip on Jake Ryan but I think he's I think he's very steady um, but he's not necessarily a big splash play guy and but I think having Having a guy like Matthews next to him, you know, at least until Martinez matures a little bit, and or or comes in as a as a third guy or a rotational guy, I think would be outstanding. But yeah, I I think your your best
1: bet, just because of the dearth of pass rushers, is to to keep Matthews inside. No question. Yeah, I'm even thinking long term here too. And this is I am to list of questions for the for when we talk to McCarthy at the scouting combine. It's, I don't I don't think it's a time and place for it now, but. Is, oh, it, maybe, is, is it sheer oh, luck I that... I suppose that is possible. I guess I'm thinking that, maybe it's sheer coincidence, but he played the last year and a half at inside linebacker. He wasn't hurt. He played, other than Clinton, Dixie played the most snaps on the defense last year. Yeah. He goes back to outside linebacker and he's hurt. Maybe it's just sheer luck of the draw. I don't know, but he was damn good inside, and he was awfully healthy. And I just wonder, maybe he's thirty, he's thirty now. He'll be thirty-one next year, or twenty-nine, then thirty next year, whatever it is. Maybe that's his best spot, and then you know, make him the third-down pass rusher. I don't, I don't know. It just, I just think maybe that's the way to go with him. I don't know. What, something I'm gonna ask McCarthy here in February, assuming he's the coach. But,
2: <laughs> I, and and I, I think we both know he he will be, despite uh, you know, I, I'm sure the the. Uh, the guys that started the Fire Mike McCarthy uh, Twitter and, and Facebook page aren't, aren't getting a lot of activity this morning. Um, as as we've said, I mean, McCarthy's a, McCarthy's a, a very good coach. He's a very he's a highly successful
1: coach. He, yeah, you just oh, ask him. He's,
2: he's, <laughs> oh, just, just ask him. I'll, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think you see it. Everybody else is panicking. You know, though, we see this all the time. And I, I think this year, Again, fans are, fans are spoiled and when things go wrong, you know, and becomes fanatic pretty quick and, and I could not disagree more with, with the calls for, you know, McCarthy's job or thinking he's on the hot seat and, and again I think I think looking at, at some of the depth and some of the guys that had to step in is is legitimate and, and that eventually you start to lay at the feet of Ted Thompson and, and wonder you know, as the season winds down and you get into the offseason, how the the whole interplay of Thompson and, and Elliott Worth and all that might come into play. But I mean, you know, right now McCarthy's the guy you want coaching this team and I think he's I think he's gonna prove you know, prove his worth right here. You know, they John Gruden on the telecast last night talked a lot about McCarthy and Rogers are two guys that you wanna see when there's adversity and when their bats are up against the wall and you know, man, I don't know how you could have answered more
1: definitively than than what we saw. It's funny when they lose. I look at my email and I'll go to the the the, uh, subscriber forms over at Pack Report and then the free forms too over there. But when when they lose, it's it's always Mike McCarthy. He's a bad play caller. He runs a vanilla scheme. It's a 1980 scheme. It's predictable. No one writes when they lose. I'm Nobody writes when they win. Oh no! It's like the double standard where when they lose, it's the coach's fault. And when they win, God, those players are awesome. It's it's the, it's been like that for a long time, and it's probably that with every fan base in every sport, where the coach, it's always the coach's fault when they lose, and and it's always the players' credit when they win. Yeah, it's not a
2: man that that that, play, that place that Mike McCarthy had drawn up. that got Devontae Adams open. Oh my gosh,
1: what, is, what is, No one's ever no one's ever complimenting that. So, you know, it reminds me of. I'm gonna go back to that Tennessee game with the opening onside kick. Whoa! What a great, what a great coaching job by Malarkey to have faith in his players. You know what? If the Packers recover that onside kick, which then, but then they go down and score, and then they win the game because they have early momentum. What do people say about Mike Malarkey? Is he a what a great coach? No, the guy's an idiot, right? An idiot. <laughs> He's an idiot because they lost. It's 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 so reactionary with the coaches all the time. It's. I mean, I'm not smart enough to figure out if McCarthy's scheme is good or bad or if his play calling is good or bad. I don't know, and I don't think anyone else knows. But there's a lot of know-it-alls out there who seem to know, and it seems like that's what gets picked up among the fans where if Joe Blow from you know Sports Illustrated or whatever says it, then it must be true, and then it, just gets, it takes on a life of its own. But the whole malarkey thing is what struck me. is What was so great about that? I mean, if, they'd, if, if they'd have scored, if the Packers would have scored and lost, no one says that about Mike Malarkey. It's only because they won the game is it a good move.
2: Right. You know, I think it's just, it's easier than, it It feels maybe more proactive to say, it's the coach's fault, and if the coach does this, or the coach does that, or if he calls these plays, or he's on the hot seat, and if they get rid of him, that somehow seems like you're searching for a solution, whereas saying, Unfortunately, the Packers are losing because they just have too many injuries at key spots. You know that's that's not a that's a statement, and it's true, but it's not it's not anything that offers any kind of hope or solution other than guys getting healthy.
1: That's right. Um. So they are they are getting a little healthier. I mean, assuming Rodgers is okay, and assuming. Matthews is going to be okay. Well, I'll, I'll I get to talk to Mike McCarthy here in a, in a few hours as I talk to you, as we talk to you guys here on Monday. Assuming those guys aren't bad, they are getting a little healthier. Um, Detroit's schedule is pretty hard. I mean, not that Green Bay is a picnic, but do you, do you, do you like their chances of, of actually pulling this off, or do you think it's still a long shot? I I think
2: I, I, I'd be disingenuous to say it's anything other than a long shot, and I, I, if I were forced to put money on them making the playoffs or missing them, I I think I would still probably put money on them missing the playoffs, but, but that said, they're they're absolutely capable. I mean, you, you look at the schedules, Bill, they've got, you know, Houston at 6-5, Seattle 7-3-1, and one. then they're at Chicago, they host Minnesota, and they, they end the year at Detroit. I mean, that's, I, until I saw like Tampa Bay beat Seattle, I would have, I would have predicted that to be a bloodbath, but anything is anything's possible. If they can play like they played yesterday, like they played last night, they have a chance. If they play like that, they have a chance against anybody. And then it depends on what the other team does. I mean, Philadelphia had, you know, again, we talked about the receiving court. You know, they had some guys banged up the running back as well. So, again, this wasn't, you know, they weren't playing a... a NFC contender last night. But that said, if a Panthers team continues to do well, and continues to do healthy, and continues to gain confidence, that that's a dangerous thing. I think confidence is a is a dangerous thing, and, and I don't know if the chemistry carries over from week to week, but I think I think confidence does. And if if they go out there and do enough things right, you know, there comes a point in the game where it's tight and it's close, and they know they're capable of. Of going down and scoring. I mean, anytime you've got Aaron Rodgers and the way Adams is, is playing and, and with the plays Nelson Cobb is making, and we didn't see much out of Jared Cook last night, but, you know, we, we saw a lot of him two weeks ago, so there's no reason not to like the offensive firepower that we're seeing. And I, and I think that, that gives them a chance. And, you know, and then you look at Detroit, you know, Detroit at New Orleans, home against Chicago, at the Giants, the Cowboys, and then the Packers. I mean, I think it's tough for Detroit to hang on, and, and Minnesota has been, you know, pretty pretty staple. I mean, that that's a team that, I mean, if you watch that Thanksgiving Day game, I mean, that that interception Bradford threw when it was tied was really just inexplicable, and they're still struggling to run the ball, and for as much talent as they have on defense, they're not playing consistently. So, I mean, it's it's there for the taking. It's not easy. Um, alive, so that's that's all
1: anybody can ask, I guess. One, One game at a time, right? That's right. Speaking of one game at a time, Keith, I will see you on Sunday at Lambeau Field Packers Texans. Thanks for joining us, Keith. We always appreciate it. You bet, Bill. My pleasure. We'll see you on Sunday. Looking forward to it. Thanks.
0: The list.